Welcome to the You Are Not Alone podcast show. This is your host, Danny, coming to you with another message of hope and inspiration and love. I want to let you know that I've been thinking about you. And I was excited the last time that I spoke, I spoke about Job. And the title of the message was, Satan Has a Conversation with God, Job. And we talked about Job and how he went through some things not because he wanted to, but because God was giving a testimony about him to Satan. And Satan was using this opportunity to say, well, God, of course this man loves you. He loves you because all that you've done for him, all the things that you had gave him, you have protected him, you put a hedge around everything that he has. And you know what? I love God because God said, well said to Satan. And he said that, and then, he gave Satan an opportunity to see what Job was made of. And remember in Job chapter 1, we ran across the word in the very first verse that said blameless, which meant that he was a mature Christian of God whose conscience was clear. He was a man of integrity, wholesome in his attitude, and his righteousness and his lifestyle. Job truly lived for God. He loved God. Uh, in spite of everything, we found out later on that Job did not Nima blame God for wrongdoing. But on the other hand, he began to praise God. And I hope today that any one of you who are struggling right now I want you to know that whatever's on your heart and mind is on God's heart and mind, that he loves you, that he would never leave you nor forsake you in your hour and time of need, that he's with you in the midst of your pain and difficulties, that he cares for you, that he loves you, that there's nothing that he won't do for you, that he's fighting for you right now, even while you're sitting in the house watching television or at work or riding in your car. He's right now working on everything that's on your heart and mind to give you a better ending in life. This is the type of God that we serve, a God that's always on a job. Remember, he neither slumbers nor sleep. He's always attending to us, just like a shepherd does his sheep. He doesn't leave you orphanages. When you feel like that, you don't have no family, you don't have no friends, God is your ultimate father. He's your ultimate mother. He's right there with you. And I just wanted to share that with you today for those who are struggling about whether God truly loves them and truly cares for them. Uh, yes, he does. I want you to know that you're not alone today. I don't care. Physically, you can be alone. You can be in the house, like I said, by yourself. You can be wherever, but you're not alone because the Father is right there with you. And all you have to do, if you have circumstances and situations, is just cry out to him. Say, hey, God, I need you. Would you help me? Because I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do in this situation. So for those who uh, are hurting, who are missing loved ones and uh, broken relationships, I'm going to pray for you today. I'm going to ask God to come in and help you out and 
that he will show you favor, that he will show you kindness, that he will show you who he is, that you will see his majesty, that you will see his glory, that you will see him at work and trust and believe that he is good and faithful. Uh, I just want to open up in prayer. Remember, whatever's on your heart and mind is on God's heart and mind. Then we're going to dive into part two. Satan has a conversation with God, Job. Oh, precious Father, in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, I just thank you for this time of fellowship, Father, with your people. To share your word with them, Father, to give them hope in a dark world, Father, that you would bless them, that you would help them, especially during this COVID season where they're saying that the numbers are going to increase. I pray for those who are struggling financially, those who are struggling health-wise. I'm praying for those relationships that need to be restored. But also, Father, I'm praying for those relationships that need to be broken, that need, where people need to be separated from one another because it's just not of you, Father. I pray, Father, that you would bless the people who are incarcerated today, that you would bless the homeless because it's starting to get cold and people who are homeless, Father, they don't have places to sleep. They don't have heat. They don't have gas. Uh, I pray, Father, that you uh, bless them in this season, Father, that they're living through, that you would be with them and meet their needs and show them that you're right here, who you are. Let them know that you sent your son upon the earth on that cross for them. And let them know, Father, that their lives can change because you are the way maker. You are the one who gives people opportunities at the opportunities. And Father, I pray, Father, for the children this upcoming season. You know, we live in a season where we do celebrate Christmas and kids have desires and things. And, and some parents just can't afford those things, Father, because we know there's really no Santa Claus. We know the season is supposed to be about the celebration of Christ. But Father, but we do celebrate these things. I pray, Father, that you provide for the parents, Father, who have needs to provide for their children, Father. Or oh, I pray, Father, that you make a way for that person who needs a job. It seems like that nothing is working out. Everything is falling apart. Actually, give people hope in a perilous time. I just thank you, Father. In the name of your son, Jesus Christ, I pray, amen. All right, y'all. I want to let y'all know I'll be reading from the NIV again today as we dive into Job chapter 2. But also, I'm going to do something a little different. I felt a nudging of the Holy Spirit just to talk a little bit about Psalms 89 as well. And, I, you know, this is really wasn't part of the plan that I had, but this is a part of the plan that God has given me. Because someone needs to know that God is good and that God is faithful. And I want to let you know, like I say, whatever's on your heart and mind is on God's heart and mind. If you're struggling, get prepared to hear a word that would in, encourage you just to trust God. And I'm just going to read a little bit because, you know, there's power in praise. Because in Job chapter 1, he praised God. <laughs> he praised God after hearing a series of bad events. And I want to look at, you know, the, uh, a couple of events that happened to Job that just seemed impossible to bear. He had, four, he had four servants come to him and give him four different sermons 
uh, testimonies about bad things that happened. And if, if we look at Job chapter 1, and we look at verse 17, it says this, because I want to give a recap of what we talked about in Job chapter 1. While he was still speaking, another messenger came and said, the Chaldeans formed three raiding parties and swept down on your camels and carried them off. They put the servants to the sword, and I am the only one who escaped to tell you. Now, prior to that, he had some other servants come and give him some more bad things. Didn't you think that that would be enough? Remember, this is not God doing this. This is Satan doing this because God told, he gave him authority, but told him not to put his hands on Job. And when God told Satan this, the things that Satan did were things that, not that God wanted him to do. These are the things that he wanted to do, to go beyond, because he couldn't break Job when he first heard the first bad news. See, and then he couldn't break it when he heard the second bad news. When he heard it the third time, he thought he surely had him. He thought he had him defeated, thought he had him bogged down, thought that he would curse God. And so this, is, this was the ultimate attack to get him to curse God. And then it says, while he was still speaking, yet another messenger came and said, your sons and daughters were feasting and drinking wine at the oldest brother's house, when suddenly a mighty wind swept in from the desert and struck the four corners of the house. It collapsed on them, and they are dead, and I am the only one who escaped to tell you. Satan thought he had them. But God gave a testimony to Satan earlier. Have you considered my servant Job? He said, there's no one like him. And so it seems like Satan said, I finally did, did this, and this is going to bring him down. All of it was futile because it didn't do that. This is what Job said in the midst of all the bad things that happened to him. He said this. At this, Job got up and tore his robe and shaved his head. Then he fell to the ground to worship. You know what I told you? That word blameless meant he was a mature worshiper. That he knew to trust God. And he said, this naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I would depart. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. See, he was a worshiper. And when you worship, you know how to praise. May the name of the Lord be praised. And all this Job did not sin by charging God with wrongdoing. See that? In the midst of all those horrific things that I talked about in part one, Job worshiped, praised the name of the Lord, and never accused God of wrongdoing. That's pretty powerful when you think about it, that he was able to look at all the things that crushed, was crushing him and still had the audacity, the conviction 
to praise and worship God in the midst of all that he had enough to say, God, I praise your name. I believe in you in spite of all. So this is for someone right now. Whatever's on your heart and mind is on God's heart and mind. And whatever difficulty that you have, don't accuse God. Do like Job did. Begin to praise and worship God. Because as we, if you get later on in this story of Job, you'll see that God was faithful. God came back and gave him twice as much as he had before. Even made the people come and comfort him and give unto him. See, that's the type of God that we serve, a mighty God. So you're not alone. I want you to know that tonight, that God is with you. You know the story of the footprints in the sand. And the symbolic footprints, wasn't, it wasn't a person walking. It was God carrying the person. So when you're going through a slew of things and you feel like that you're all alone, you're not alone, that invisible God that can manifest himself in the earth without showing his face is the same God, the same God that was there with Job. And God is here with you right now. Even in the midst of your emptiness, even in the midst of your pain that seems so unbearable, seems that it's going to take you out, seems that it's going to crush you and make you just fall apart. Your God is there. He's a mighty God and a good God. I want you to know this. So uh, I'm just, just excited when I think about this because, like I said, Satan has a conversation with God. And also, as I had discussed, you see that Satan follows authority. He did only what God allowed him to do. He couldn't go and attack Job because God told him, don't touch him. And that's what God is saying today to the enemy in your life. Don't touch him. Because at the end of the day, these material possessions that we have, like I said, you can survive the bankruptcy. You can survive the foreclosure. You can survive the cop being repossessed. You, you can survive the checking account being overdrawn. You can survive the eviction. God will be with you. He promised in his word that I'll be with you in the fire, the floods, and the storm. I will never leave you nor forsake you. This is the promise of God in his word. And like I said, the only way to really know God is to know him by his word. Begin to feast on his word. Begin to know that God loves you, that he cares for you. I'm, I'm just going to read like a few verses in, you know, Psalms 89. I just want to let y'all know that too. Like I said, I'll be reading from the NIV because I just want to talk to you about this God that we have who's faithful. Even when it appears that he's not faithful, he's faithful. He's faithful at all times. He's working things out for the good, even when it doesn't feel like that. You have to know God in the dark times, the perilous times. You, 
This is how you know that God is who he is. In Psalms 89, in verse 1, it says this. I will sing of the Lord great love forever with my mouth. I will make your faithfulness known throughout all generations. I will declare that your love stands firm forever, that you establish your faithfulness in the heavens in itself. You said I have made a covenant with my chosen one. I have sworn to David, my servant, I will establish a line forever. See, God is faithful. He said that he would always remember David and that his covenant was true and that he would make a line for him forever. And we know that's true because Jesus Christ is part of David's lineage, in other words. He's part of that family, what God has said. But, I, you know, and I was just only reading from verses 1 through verse 4. But I, I want you to see when we begin to praise God and, and, and invoke God. And I'm just trying to show you how to invoke God into your world. When it seems lopsided. When it seems that things are not happening the way that you want it to happen. I'm trying to let you see that God is really real and God really cares. I will sing of the Lord. Great love forever. With my mouth, I will make your faithfulness known throughout all generations. I will deliver, I will declare that your love stands firm forever, that you establish your faithfulness in the heavens, in itself. If you can find it just in the midst of your pain, to say this to God. God, I don't understand. I, I can't figure this out. Uh, I don't know why it had to be this way, but I'm going to lift you up anyway. Because what happens is when we begin to lift God, it shakes the enemy. Because the enemy is saying, with Job, like I said, he tried to get Job to curse God. And Job what? He did all these things to him. And it didn't work. Because Job had, he was a mature worshiper. He understood how to worship God in the midst of his pain and hurt, living in darkness. In other words, could you imagine? See, people may point out that his children died. But if, if you heard what I said, his servants said that his servants died. And so I want you to know a man like Job, yes, he loved his children, but he loved his servants as well. This is why they don't run the opposite way when the terror comes. They run to Job to tell Job what had happened because they knew that he cared and that he loved them. This is the reason why they came back. They didn't flee. They came back and said, hey, I got to tell you something. In other words, yeah, we suffered a great loss today. In other words, his loss was their loss. See, when you got a relationship with people like that, you know, his loss was their loss. 
Their loss was his loss because he had love and compassion for the people and he trusted God. See, you have to be able to love at all times. And like I said, but we also have to be able to know how to praise ourselves through in those difficult moments when the world just drops down and kick you, kick you hard. And I want you to know whatever's on your heart and mind is on God's heart and mind, that he loves you, that he cares for you. Uh, I want you to know that I love you, and I want you to send your prayer requests, and I want to hear from you. I want to hear what God is doing in your life. And if you need prayer, I want to stand in agreement with you that God will come in and, and do something in the midst of that, that he would help you and all that. But I just want you to know that I will sing of the Lord great love forever. With my mouth, I will make your faithfulness known throughout all generations. I will declare that your love stands firm forever. That's what I want to talk about, that type of God. This is the type of God that loves forever. He's faithful. He'll, he'll never leave you nor forsake you. He'll be right there with you in the trenches. And when it's hurting, he'll be there to lift you up. And so I hope that that I hope that this is encouraging you. In other words, making you think that hey, tonight I'm gonna set time alone just to thank God. And I want you. And if you have a moment right now, just say, "Thank you, Jesus. I thank you for what you're doing for me. I thank you in the midst of my hurt. I thank you in the midst of my pains. I'm gonna praise you when it seems impossible to praise you." Because I know that you're a loving and caring God. That you would never leave me, nor forsake me, nor will you ever let me alone. See, we got to just do that sometimes. Get on our knees. You know, one of the things in the book of Daniel said that Daniel, that he did something repetition. He prayed three times a day on his knees, looking towards Jerusalem, invoking God to remember his covenant and remember his people and to bring them back home. And don't you know that God did that? Yes, God did that. God did that. God showed up and did what he promised in his word. Now let's get to Job chapter 2. Job chapter 2. Starting at verse 1. And once I, like I said, Satan has a conversation with God. I want you to see how it always starts out. On another day, the angel came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan also came with them to present himself before him. And the Lord said to Satan, where have you come from? Satan answered the Lord, from roaming through the earth, going back and forth in it. Now, I want you to understand Satan doesn't stay in one place. It says that he's Roman. He's, so when you think that Satan is just there all the time, he hits you on and keep moving because guess what? He can't stay in one place. And so in chapter 1, we see that he do all these attacks on Job, but 
he disappeared. And once again, and the reason why Satan shows up, because he is an angel and he's a fallen angel. And he come to give account of where he's been at. God doesn't have to go look for Satan. Satan is going to come to God because God has authority. He understands that and he follows authority to a certain point. Because he, he, he's angry. He's angry at men because God has given us authority. So this is one of the reasons why his rebellion is the way it is. He felt that he didn't have to serve me. So just, just wanted to share that with you if you didn't know. Uh, but I want to let you know that God is ultimately in control. And Satan cannot do anything that God cannot stop. Satan understands he has an end. He knows. This is, this, is, this is how bad your God is. God knows that he's going to deal with Satan. And he's going to deal with Satan not at Satan's time. He's going to deal with Satan when it's the right time. Because this is God. God has a mission. He has a mission to save mankind. To bring mankind into the family. To be his children. This is why he loves us. Yet while we are sinners. Because he knows that we have the ability to turn from that life. And come into the knowledge of him. And be what he called us to be from the foundation of the earth. This is the loving God that you serve. And we're going to look at that again. And we're going to see the power of God and the authority God has. So you have to understand, you have to see that God is in control. Chapter 2, verse 1 again. On another day, the angels came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan also came with them to present himself before him. And the Lord said to Satan, where have you come from? Satan answered the Lord from roaming through the earth and going back and forth in it. Then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? There is no one on earth like him. He is blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil. And he still maintains his integrity, though you incited me against him to ruin him without any reason. Once again, God comes back with this testimony. Have you considered my servant Job? You, you would say, well, God, man, God Satan annihilated him the first round. <laughs> you know, what more can he do to him, God? And why would you say that? Because God would testify to the enemy about you. Prime example, and one day we're going to talk about David when he had sinned with Bathsheba. And Nathan the prophet came to him to give him the warning. And God had told David that he gave his enemy reason to blaspheme against him. But he would not die. In other words, that goes to show in 
in Samuel that once again that God allows not only us to speak to him, but he also allows the enemy to speak to him because he told David that you give giving your giving my enemies reason to blaspheme me, to come against me. But also God made the same promise to David that he made to Job. He told David, you would not die, but the child would die. And so I want to let you know that God is ultimately in control. So whatever you feel about the enemy, uh, God has ultimate authority over all things. And I want you to know that God is is really in charge. And he really can change my life and your life instantaneously, spontaneously. He can do whatever he wants to do when he wants to do it. I want, and I also, I'm just going to throw this out to you so you can think about this. In the days of Noah, it said that it hadn't rained on the earth. No one even knew what rain was, you know. And it says that Job had three sons. And it's truly meant to b believe that at that time that Job had triplets. The first time you hear about triplets on earth. And these children helped their father build this ark so that God can bring them into safety. And the ark represents that place with God, that intercell where nothing can be broken in. That's God's protection. That's God's heads around them. And God had given him assignment to do, to build this ark because it was going to rain. And to, to understand this, I, I love God. And the reason why I love God, because God, he does all these things being invisible. He doesn't do it as a person that you sitting down and saying, and you having dinner with, and he say, well, hey, Danny, I need you to do this and do that. He's speaking through you, to your heart, just sending words to you, saying, hey, this is what I want done. This is what, this is what needs to happen. And he's able to convince man to follow his plan without manifesting himself. That's the type of God we serve. Let's get back to Job chapter 2. And we're going to look at verse 3. Then the Lord said to certain, have you, Satan, have you considered my servant Job? There is no one on earth like him. He is blameless. Remember I said that word blameless means he was a mature worshiper. Upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil. He still maintains his integrity. You see what I'm talking about? God, remember I said, you know, once again, let's read that definition again so we can see what that word blameless is. Blameless. Job was blameless. Meaning he was a mature worshiper of God whose conscience was clear. He was a man of integrity, wholesome in his attitude and righteous in his lifestyle. He just didn't talk it, he lived it. So this is what God is testifying about to say about Job. Though you incited me against him to ruin him without any reason, then, skin for skin, Satan replies. He said, you know, like I said, God doesn't stop Satan for saying what he wants to say to him. So, if God listens to Satan, don't you think that he listened to you as well? Yes, he does. 
And this is what he said. Skin for skin, Satan replied. A man will give all he has for his own life, but stretch out your hand and strike his flesh and bones, and he will surely curse you to your face. See, Satan, Satan said, hey, I got one more thing, God, that I can do to him, and I know that he would curse you. See, Satan had confidence in what he thought that he was going to do. But in reality, God knew who Job was. And this is who God said Job was. In verse 3, the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? There is no one on earth like him. He is blameless, upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil. And he still maintains his integrity, though you incited me against him to ruin him without any reason. See, God put the earnestness on Satan because he was the one who wanted to see if he can break Job and Job accursed God. All the things that he tried in chapter one didn't work. It fell to the ground. But he believes he has one more thing that he can do to Job. Skin for skin, Satan replied. A man will give all he has for his own life, but stretch out your hand and strike his flesh and bones, and he will surely curse you to your face. The Lord said to Satan, very well then. He is in your hands, but you must spare his life. Woo! Ain't that, ain't that deep? Now, we're about to see the last thing that Satan is getting ready to strike Job with. And do you know what it is? And, you know, and, and some of your families and loved ones and friends have been through it. It's sickness. He was saying that if you put some sickness on him, he would curse you. But you know what? I got a testimony of some people that I love that I have seen go on to glory who had been struck with illness. In the event of all their sickness and illness, they praise God just like Job. So guess what? And they believe God like Job did. And they went on the glory like Job did. Boy, if you know some people like that, then you know some Job walkers. Some people that walk like Job on his face of the earth. I just want you to know that. That there are people who have endured all kind of hardship, a sickness. And we see right here, and I want you to see it, that Satan believes that sickness would cause people to curse God. And Satan, if you don't look at it this way, you'll miss this whole thing that I'm talking about. Because he felt that because of sickness and pain and suffering, that I know he's going to curse you. And let's look at that one more time in verse 4. Skin for skin, Satan replied, a man will give all he has for his own life, but stretch out your hand and strike his flesh and bones, 
and he will surely curse you to your face. The Lord said to Satan, very well then, he is in your hands, but you must spare his life. So let's call out some things. Let's call out some sickness. I rebuke you, cancer, in the name of Jesus. I rebuke you, diabetes, in the name of Jesus. I rebuke you, COVID, in the name of Jesus. I rebuke all forms of sickness, mental illness. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. I rebuke all sickness. I pray, Father, that your people be whole and healed. I pray, Father, that you raise people up right now off the bed of affliction, Father. Because, Father, our sickness is not of you. Satan uses it as a weapon against people that you love. To get them to curse you, God, I rebuke all forms of sickness, blindness, deafness, Father. I rebuke it in Jesus' name. Amen. See, sometimes we got to take authority in the earth realm. And that's taking authority because we just discovered that Satan used sickness, uses diseases as a way to affect the people. Amen. And let's go on. Let's go on to verse 7. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord and afflicted Job with painful sores from the sole of his feet to the top of his head. Then Job took a piece of broken pottery and scraped himself with it as he sat among the ashes. And you know, and sometimes the person closest to you, when you're going through this, they'll come and try to get you to provoke you. Now, in one of my podcasts earlier, I talked about Abishal, who was with Jesus, with, with, with David when he went to go visit the camp of Saul, and he and, and he was telling David that he could kill Saul, but David said he's not going to touch God's anointing. Now, here come. Job's wife. And understand, people might get mad at what she was saying, but you're talking about a woman who lost all her children. She's been serving faithfully behind her man. And, you know, he's been talking about this God that's so good, but she's not there where he's at. So don't get mad at her when she tells him what she tells him because she's not where he's at. And so this is what she said. She said, I'm going through all this stuff. And she says this to her husband. His wife said to you, are you still holding on to your integrity? Curse God and die. She didn't mean that just because she was just saying it. She lost the children. They lost everything. Everything looking bad. Her husband's sick. He out here scraping himself. He had all kinds of sores from his feet to his head. So I'm talking about, so you see that Satan brought sickness upon him. So I, I want you to understand. So if you want to know where that comes from, then that's not God. You see that that's not God. So we know that for a fact right now. But his wife comes to him because she's just hurt. And she's hurting. I'm talking about understanding. Uh, she's just a hurt woman. In other words, she loves a man. Because when it talks about him getting twice as much, it never says that uh, these children that he has, he has with someone else. Because God is a restorer. God will restore those things that have been taken from you. Just got to hold on to it. In verse 10, he replied, you are talking like a foolish woman. Should we accept good from God and not trouble? And all this Job did not sin in what he said. See, no, he did not. I'm going to show what Job did. Job was the head of his house. 
he came back to his wife, his woman, and said, hey, hey, baby, sometimes we got to take the good with the bad. But you know what? She didn't leave him because she loved him. And I just want you to know, and it says that in this verse, it says, and all this Job did not sin in what he said. Now, we see that Satan had used sickness, had his wife give him a word of discouragement. And then next is going to be his three friends that's going to come to him because I want you to understand. You know, the rest of this that we're going to be reading, if you read the book of Job, and you're going to really have to understand that from chapter 3 on, that these people were talking, talking to Job, uh, his friends who's trying to find reason to blame Job. And I want you to know that God doesn't show up in all these chapters like that. And when you know when God shows up, God shows up towards the end. God let these men have their rhetoric. God let these men talk foolishness. God didn't stop them until he was ready to stop them. And so this is how powerful God is. God allowed them to analyze, do all this talking. And then what you're going to find out from chapter 3 to chapter 38, you're going to find out God wasn't in none of those chapters. God shows up. When God shows up, he shows up in chapter 38. 38 to 42, God is dealing with some things. But the stuff in between, that's men having conversation with men. I wanted to share that with you so you know that. That God shows up himself and begins to speak to Job. So I hope that this has been a blessing for you. Thanks for listening to the show. Remember the title of the message. Satan has a conversation with God, Job. Also, understand this, that we can speak to God at any given point in time in our life. I hope this show has been a blessing to you, and I'm going to close out in prayer. Precious Father, I thank you for the day. I thank you for this opportunity, Father, to share your word with your people. I pray that you bless them, Father. I pray that you help them in the midst of their troubles, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to tell you that I love you. This is You're Not Alone podcast show. Whatever's on your heart and mind is on God's heart and mind. Have a blessed day. Love you. Talk to you later.